0: Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by Sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicky and I am so excited to be here with one of my two-to-one conference friends. So I have been connected with Tricia Saunderstroms for several years and been so inspired by her grace and her strength and her story about homeschooling with Lyme disease. So there's so many of our friends who have been affected by Lyme or other chronic illnesses that I really wanted to have a chance to talk with her about her family's story and get her tips on what's worked for her and for their homeschooling situation. So so, Tricia, would you tell us a little bit about you and your family story and your kind of ongoing ministry situations coming out of that?
1: Sure, Vicki. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be here and share with your community um just my experience with homeschooling, especially with chronic illness, because it has become such a big problem. And yes. um I did a podcast the other day and just sharing how many people are suffering. And so our homeschool community is really Kind of right there in that um, statistic, it's like eighty six percent of the population has a chronic illness. Um, so I definitely know that there's a need out there and um so I'll just tell you about myself and my family. I'm Tricia Soderstrom and I am married to Scott. We just celebrated our thirtieth wedding anniversary and thank you. together we have four great kids. Um, our oldest is Courtney she's twenty five. And then Summer is 22, and Eva is 19, and then my son is 12. So we are kind of um, doing the whole homeschool thing all over again with him. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the girls graduated from our homeschool despite chronic illness. And um, back when I was pregnant with my son, I began having like very severe pain and fatigue and Just, um, you know, some memory lapses and things like that. And the doctors all said, oh, well, you're, you know, you're close to 40 and you're pregnant. So it's all because of that. And I couldn't get any answers from, you know, my OB or my primary. After I had him, my symptoms became so much worse. I couldn't stay awake. I never heard him cry in the middle of the night, even though, you know, he was a newborn baby and all moms of newborns hear their babies cry, even the little whimpers, you know, and I didn't. My husband would like shake me really hard to try to wake me up, you know, just to feed him. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I began having pain where I couldn't hold him. I couldn't walk. I just couldn't stay awake all day, all night. I just wanted to sleep all the time. And um, then and I was going to different doctors trying to figure out what was going on. And did you
0: uh, find that that doctors tended to just think you were being emotional? Yes. Yep. uh In fact, my
1: primary, even though um, later on. okay, so I it took two years of going to different specialists. I had lost my memory. I was I couldn't stay awake. Um, I could barely walk I was literally I should have just stayed in bed but i had kids I had to get up every day my husband would help me I I would sit on the stairs and slide down the stairs to go to the couch and that's where I would stay most of the day now my oldest at that time was 12 so she was a huge help and my 10 year old was also a big help Um, but I had this newborn you know And by the time I got diagnosed or I had a positive Lyme test, my primary says, well, I think it's a false negative because I didn't have the five required CDC bands. And that's a whole nother story. Um, And she said, I think you're just really stressed out because you are, you, you know, homeschooling your kids and you've got four kids and I just think it's too much for you. And I just I was like so angry. I've never gotten angry at a doctor before, but I was so angry with her. And thank the Lord, there was a doctor in the office who was treating people with Lyme, and she recommended that I go see her. So that began my journey of getting treatment for Lyme disease. Um, So that was it was really difficult and very frustrating at the same time. But it's common. You know, when I talk to people who are dealing with these symptoms and they don't fit the box, The doctors just say stress, you know, or mental illness. You need to go. And I was told that, you know, by almost every single doctor, it's stress. And maybe you need to go see, you know, a therapist. And that was all they could hand me. And
0: yeah, I have, you know, as a counselor, I work with so many people with chronic illnesses. And, you know, a lot of people do have depression or anxiety or stress and counseling helps. But to say that a person doesn't have Lyme or some other chronic illness because they also have some anxiety just really irritates me. Oh, yeah. You cannot cannot make a physical illness better with counseling. So I'm glad that you were able to find a doctor that listens to you.
1: Yes. And that, you know, that came out of a lot of prayer. And my husband would just pray over me and beg God to just show us what was going on because he knew something was wrong. I mean, I'm a very driven type A person. And even mm-hmm. if I get sick, I do not go to bed. And so he knew, like, if I was down, he knew something was really wrong, you know, but he yeah. just really prayed and God was so faithful to answer our, our prayers in that way.
0: So, how did y'all manage in those long periods of time before they started actually treating you? And then once the treatments were started, how did you manage? homeschooling and a baby and and all of that. Like, I guess having your husband's support was probably important to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was amazing. I mean, he would work all day and then he would come home and he would ask the kids, you know, how did they do in school? And what ended up happening, I I was more of a hands-on, I had morphed into a hands-on homeschool mom where I Mm like to teach all of my kids at this, you know, The subjects that I could together. So, history and science and, you know, our read alouds we did together and Bible. And I love that way of teaching my kids. We would go to the library and fill up three backpacks full of books, you know, and that was just my preference. And when this all started happening and I couldn't stay awake, um, my husband took charge and he ordered, like I call it, canned curriculum. Everything was there for every single grade. And all the kids had to do was open it up, read it, fill out the questions. And I hated that so much. I was so frustrated, you know, but um, and I I mentally could not teach them and I mentally could not help them and I could not even grade their work. I I couldn't make sense of anything that I was reading and yeah. I would fall asleep during read alouds like right there on the couch, which was weird, but it happened. And so my husband had them do the CAN curriculum. He would come home. He would help go through their work just to make sure that they were learning Um, it Uh was really relaxed as far as, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of structure, but my kids knew that they had to do it because dad was going to ask them about it.
0: And I can't (laughs)
1: tell you that everything got graded, you know, as long as they were reading and learning and they could answer some of his questions, then he was satisfied with that. So that's kind of how homeschool took place for about two years while I was trying to get, you know, a diagnosis. And then after I got diagnosed, um, it kind of stayed the same way for a little while, because when you first start Lyme treatment, you almost feel like you're dying just because of the treatment. Yeah. And so that was really hard for me. You know, there were days where I probably should have been in the hospital. Um, but at the same time, the hospital didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> right. They don't know what to do with someone who's all their tests come out wonderful, you know, yeah. um, and they they look like they're dying. So I just didn't go and we just managed at home but you know as far as learning my kids had a lot more free time to do things that they enjoyed and I would encourage them to you know spend time um learning about their favorite animal or to learn about you know something that they really liked doing my one daughter took up photography during that time so it really did give them a lot of time you know to to really put into practice things that they really loved. And my oldest daughter continued to have piano lessons. I would take the kids in the van to the piano teacher's house. I would let my daughter go in and I would let my kids play in the back of the van while I slept while she had piano. Yep. <laughs> and that's how it worked. You know, I just did the best I could every single day.
0: And you know, this is what real life is like. Mm-hmm. Is none of us lives in a in a storybook world. And when hard things happen, we adjust and get through it the best we can. So the, the the graciousness and humility that you guys showed, pulling together as a family and doing what you had to do, yeah. You know, so canned curriculum was good enough. There's just not one right way to to get through a stressful time, and sleeping through piano lessons—that's good enough because there's not one right way, yeah. to homeschool. And uh, and I love how your family pulled together through that. It was
1: such a necessary thing. Um, And then my kids started showing symptoms. So my, my second daughter began having a lot of the same symptoms that I was having. And it really, at first I thought she was, you know, just imitating me because she just, she, you know, if my favorite color was yellow, her favorite color was yellow. So I thought, well, she's just mocking me, you know, doing what I was doing. But then as I began to watch her, I realized, you know, she was a very active little girl, very tomboyish, loved to climb trees and run around and play. And she was so exhausted and she was having pain in her yeah. feet and, you know, just a lot of the same symptoms. So I took her to my Lyme doctor and sure enough, her blood test came out CDC positive and oh also along with, you know, the different co-infections that we all had. But as, it was almost like one by one every year we were diagnosing another child. And, uh, you know, so everything had to change. Those that can curriculum, it didn't work anymore because now my kids couldn't think either, you know, and they they couldn't get up out of bed on a lot of days. They missed a lot of school and uh, we just we did the best we could. It was it was really difficult because whereas they were helping me so much now they couldn't because now they're sick, you know. So there were days when it was just, you know, nothing like nothing got done and we didn't do school and the house wasn't clean. And that killed me because I like a clean house, (laughs) you know, so it was a really trying, difficult time. I mean, I, it's, it was horrible, really. It really was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How, how long did it last? Like, did each kid turn a corner or are these things that you guys are going to have to deal with ongoing? Well, we always have
1: to keep in mind that, you know, it could come back. So what ended up happening um, was, you know, my second daughter got diagnosed and then my third daughter began having OCD and anxiety, which turned into Uh really crippling, severe OCD, anxiety and rage. And Uh I had to take care of her every need because the OCD was so bad that she couldn't come down the stairs. She couldn't get dressed. She couldn't do anything without this OCD fight. And I later found out that she had something called PANS, which yep. is very similar to PANDAS, but PANS is okay. it's really generally caused by a viral or a bacterial infection. She also had heavy metal toxicity in her brain. Um, you know, there were a lot of different things that were going on with her, but I didn't know for a long time what was going on. So, um, you know, that was our probably our biggest struggle was dealing with her and trying to, to Help her to be calm every day so that the older girls could do their school, because now we're venturing into high school with my older girls. And, um, you know, so that that was really, really difficult. But. Oh, goodness, just thinking about that brings up a lot of emotion. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, Yeah. So. She got diagnosed. Then my um, oldest daughter was diagnosed. And then I realized my son was, you know, he was three and four years old and telling me that his hair hurt and that his fingers hurt and that his toes hurt, you know, and I knew something was going on there. So one by one, everyone, including my husband was diagnosed with Lyme and chronic um, uh, co-infections. And, you know, so here we were an entire family, you know, really sick with Lyme disease. So everything changed. Our everything changed. Our homeschool changed, the way our family ran changed, the things I could expect from my kids completely changed. You know, I didn't have that time to really um, continue to train them in in the chores and and things like that because they were so sick. So, um, you know, it just, uh, it really, it really threw a wrench in homeschooling. But what, what ended up happening was we did what we could do. Mm -hmm. And I continue to really focus on how God made them. And I began to be a cheerleader for them to encourage Mm -hmm. them in the word and to encourage them that God loves them so much. And that became my primary focus, you know, Mm -hmm. their relationship with the Lord, because how frustrating it is to be a kid or a teenager and missing out on everything and not being able to do your school and falling behind and you know just laying there in bed day after day going to doctors appointments getting poked with needles you know all these things that kids shouldn't have to go through and so my primary goal was to get them to realize that God is still faithful and he is still good and he loves them so much even though we're going through all of this you know he is not sleeping he knows what we're going through and this is a time for us to really draw close to him to you know listen to his word on audio and um and just to really uh press in in our relationship with him. So that became my primary focus for our education. You know, it was just it was too hard to to get they they wouldn't, you know, be able to write a research paper or to read a big novel, you know, anything yeah. like that. So that it was it was different.
0: You you had to to kind of make them an IEP of sorts where Exactly. The, their their faith was going to sustain them through the process. So I know when when you were sharing with us at Two to One, you talked about some ways that you organized like medical information and records that um, helped. I think you kept a notebook or something. Yeah. And I I, thought it it was such a brilliant idea.
1: Yeah, that was actually something that my mom encouraged me to do when I first became a mom. and. She was just always very careful to write things down about our health and about just it was kind of like her journal. You know, this is what happened today and this is who got sick or whatever. And um, so when my girls were really little, I would write it on my wall calendar, you know, when they had fevers, if they fell off their bike and injured something. Um, And then one day I was like, you know, I can't keep track of all this if it's on different yearly calendars. So I decided to put it in a notebook. So I just grabbed like a a spiral notebook from Walmart that has like five different sections in it, because at the time we had five people in our family before my son came along and Uh each person had a section. So every time we went to the doctor, the dentist, if someone fell off their bike, if they had a fever or a flu or any kind of illness, I wrote everything down and it was really simple. It wasn't anything elaborate or complicated. And I would just pull it off. I had it on the shelf right in the kitchen and I would just pull it off the shelf, write it down and put it back up on the shelf. And then it has little pockets in it. So I would put the the CDs in there with the x-rays or any, you know, medical information I needed to put in the pocket. And so that became my my go to and how I organized our health. And when it came time to get my kids diagnosed with Lyme. I actually was able to take in my notebook and sit it down before my doctor and say, you know, this is their record. So she looked through it and she was able to see, okay, this is when the kids got tick bites. These Uh are the fevers that they had. These are the symptoms that they started showing. And she was able to clinically diagnose a couple of them who kept getting negative tests that they did, in fact, have Lyme disease and Bartonella and Babesia. Um, based on my notes. And so I just, I feel like that's something that every mom should keep on their shelf, just a simple notebook or a three ring binder, however you like it, um, just to keep track of things like that, because you never know when it might, you know, come in handy like that to help get your kids diagnosed if, if they're having health issues.
0: Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I work with, with my clients is keeping a journal sort of like that on, mood and health and and things that are going on in life, the positives and the negatives, Mm -hmm. because really it helps them become their own scientist. Yes. And to know what works and what doesn't. And in your case, it literally helped the doctor with the diagnosis. Yes. yep,
1: It was really helpful. And my doctor was like really kind of impressed (laughs) that I kept all that information, you know, so organized and in one place. But that's also my background is administration and organization kind of thing. So Uh, for me, it was really easy. Some people don't like that kind of thing, but it is very valuable. And so then I ended up creating the risk management for the homeschool mom ebook, because I thought, you know, every mom should have this information. And also, you know, the the systems, like I talked about at two to one, the systems that I already had in place before we got chronic illness is really what kind of held my home together when we yes. got sick.
0: Right. It is so impressive when I was listening to you talk about how the, that was a tool that helped your family get through a very tough time. Mm-hmm. So tell a little bit about that. So,
1: the, you know, like the systems that I had in place, when I say system, I mean, you know, your routine and yeah. Um, yeah. your chore charts and, and things like that. And also having one place where I had all the information for all the bills that, you know, that we had and the account numbers and the phone numbers and really important information at my fingertips so that it was easy to find. And, for example, last year I had two major surgeries. I almost died from a colon rupture. And my my family was able to keep the home running because I had everything organized and in place. And so I don't I don't think that we really recognize that the things that we do in our home can really make a big difference. You know, if we have to go away on an emergency trip or if we end up in the hospital, um, you know, and so that that way, you know, your family can just pick up and, and take over.
0: Yeah. You know, this is a great segue. Could you tell people how to get in touch with you and to find that resource? Sure. My blog is aboundinginhopewithlime.com.
1: And I'm also on all social media platforms at the same. My resources are in my shop. So if you go to my blog, there's a menu and you can just hit shop up there and go there and you can find that ebook. I'm playing around with the idea of a e-course. Um, I want to do a kind of a, a live course just to help moms who have already purchased it to walk through the different sections and and figure out how to, you know, put down the information that they need, because it can be very overwhelming for someone who doesn't like to keep things like that.
0: Right. Yes, that's, that's a great idea. And you've also started a podcast, right? I did. That was just something that's been on my heart
1: because a lot of people with chronic illness can't read very well. Especially with Lyme disease, it causes a lot of cognitive, you know, issues. So I started a podcast called Abounding in Hope Talks, and I just recorded my sixth one that I uploaded. And that's, you know, that is about when you hate homeschooling, because in the middle of that, you know, journey of everyone being sick, I did hate homeschooling. And it was so frustrating, um, so very difficult. But God was so faithful and he grew me and he gave me the patience I needed and he helped me to keep going, even though it was a
0: discouraging, difficult time. I, I love that. And I'm so glad that you started the podcast. So I will put links in the show notes to all of these. And I guess we should wrap it up for today. So thank you so, so very much for being with us, Tricia. And it's such a blessing to hear your story and know that that your family pulled together, got through, God was faithful, and that can be an encouragement to other families also.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: So this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by 7 Sisters homeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We will see you next week. And before you go, hop over to iTunes and leave some stars and maybe a review, and that will help other homeschool families find us. All right, have a great week.